Welcome back to English Essentials Composition. And this is our last essay assignment in the course. We're going to cover argument in this video and how to make a strong, effective argument, specifically looking at how to pitch your solution to your problem analysis essay. And your purpose in making an argument is actually pretty simple. You need to articulate a clear and arguable position. Make sure it's a position you can actually argue and a position that you actually care about. There is nothing worse than arguing something that you don't really care about. You must target a clear audience. It must be a specific audience so that you're able to convince them. Develop reasons that will appeal to that audience, backed with research as evidence. And the overall goal of argument is to give, convince someone to accept an idea, policy, or take some sort of action. Your purpose is to lay out a clear process to get someone to agree with you and help you make a change. I see argument in four buckets. First, take a position that is clear and arguable. This one seems obvious, but make sure you, you take time to develop this. Exactly what are you arguing? You shouldn't try to ride the fence on this or leave it as a big surprise or reveal for the end of your essay. Be clear about it from the beginning. Next, what are the main reasons your audience should agree with you? These are your big tentpole reasons. These essentially hold up your argument. Next, support those reasons with clear and accurate evidence using research. And finally, this one seems risky, but I always recommend acknowledging the opposition. No matter how great your argument is, there's always someone on the other side who will be arguing against you. And you should acknowledge that to take the power out of your opposition before they can make the claim against you. And these four elements are really in relation to each other. They work together and are wound together for the entirety of your essay. There is a thread that brings these elements together. And I want you to think of it this way. That thread, that tie that binds is audience. So much of your argument is based on your audience and appealing to them specifically. This is not to say you should change who you are depending on who you are with or somehow pander to different groups. That's not what I'm saying. This is a realization that your audience, the person or group of people you are trying to convince, should determine the reasons you choose, the evidence you use, and the opposition you acknowledge. Everyone is different and cares about different things in their lives. Your audience is no different. Who your audience is should determine how you make your argument and how you present yourself. So get to know your audience and what they really care about. What makes them tick? What makes them move in a certain direction? And we will see in the student examples exactly how to appeal to an audience. Again, we come back to research and now we can look at how research is used for evidence. If you're making a claim and have reasons to support a change, what evidence do you have to support your case? This is where you need to draw in scholarly, high-quality resources. And it's that evidence that is really going to make your case. In a court of law, if there is no motive, if there is no 
DNA, if there is no witness, if the evidence is lacking, there is going to be no conviction at the end of the trial. And your essay is doing the same thing. You're trying to convince your audience with clear and accurate evidence. Generally, think of your argument in this format. Use this, you can use this basic outline here to get you started and get you moving in the right direction for outlining and pre-writing your essay. These are not paragraphs. These are just general uh, buckets for the rest of your essay. The last thing to pay attention to and I want to spend some time talking about are logical fallacies. Logical fallacies are errors in your reasoning and can hurt and actually destroy your argument. Let's look at a few of the big ones and I want to give you a few examples. If you did a quick Google search, you would probably find these as the most common uh, logical fallacies. These are the ones that I'm going to talk about and give you some examples. They're the easiest to detect and they are the most common problems that we see. The first one, hasty generalizations. And these take you from point A to point B just way too quickly. Here in this example, the writer is making a huge assumption about the welfare system in the United States based on really one specific example. It's a fallacy to condemn an entire group of people or a program based on a specific or singular example. Next is ad hominem, and this really means attacking the person. Here, the writer is attacking the person speaking or maybe writing about abstinence. Instead of arguing the points regarding abstinence as a way of contraception. Uh, perhaps this person is actually the most credible source based on her lived experience. Appealing to authority happens a lot. Uh, there used to be a series of commercials in the United States that tried to sell toothpaste and gum and the commercial has a row of dentists sitting at a table with clipboards and they all seem to agree uh, that this one product is the best ever and they would recommend it to all of their patients. The problem with that is it's fine to have credible authority but we can't assume that all of these dentists are making the right call. History is full of examples where supposed authorities make the wrong call, make the wrong decision. So assuming that they are making the right call and changing your behavior just because an authority is telling you without doing your own investigation is really not a safe assumption. Next up is straw man. This fallacy sets, essentially sets up a fake person, a mischaracterization of an argument, and makes it really easy to knock it down. So here, the writer is saying that a specific politician doesn't support the government reading our emails or listening to our phone calls. To assume that someone who doesn't, who opposes this, doesn't care about the country, its safety or citizens is just a fallacy. Uh, that initial politician may have valid reasons to question the program. And really, because this politician is in fact a politician, it's 
you, it's probably safe to assume that he or she actually does care about the country. So again, rather than arguing the points of opposition, uh, straw man mischaracterizes the argument and attacks the person and easily knocks that that fake argument down. Just because everyone's doing it doesn't make it right. <laughs> Appealing to popularity is super dangerous because people can be wrong and oftentimes are wrong. Uh, here, this is sort of a, a simple, silly example. Uh, here, if we survey children uh, and we take their the data literally, we're then led to believe that the tooth fairy is real. But people make mistakes. Uh, just because a product is selling to millions doesn't make it right for you. So over-appealing, overusing appeal to popularity is a logical fallacy in your argument. Slippery slope is sort of exactly what it sounds like. You start off at the top of the hill and quickly get to the bottom without stopping along the way. Uh, look at the opposing group of parents here. They may disagree with teaching sex ed in the classroom, but to then make the assumption that teaching it will increase teenage pregnancies and future poverty and all of this other stuff is a fallacy. The argument slipped away very quickly. Making this argument really destroys your position and it's, I mean, this example is almost laughable. No one would take would take this position seriously. And that hurts your argument. Uh, either or is my favorite. It leaves it's my favorite because it's, because it's so easy to do and it's so damaging. It leaves no room in the middle, no room for a gray area. Either you are this way or you're not, or else. This is dangerous because it assumes so much about how we define characteristics or positions in life. Here, what this writer is defining as being a man is linked solely to playing football. Now, we know that there's so much more to manhood than enjoying a sport or playing in a sport. So, someone can be a real man and not really like to play football. And what about the men who have disabilities that prevent them from playing? Are they not men? There's got to be room in the middle. So, that wraps up our discussion on argument and logical fallacies. Please make use of the materials in the post to help you better understand the ideas presented here.